Well, hello, and I hope you're all doing well. Now, on this week's episode of Shift, as well as the next few episodes coming down the pike, we're focusing on a few of the speakers featured at this year's Inventures, running May 31st to June 2nd in Calgary. There are going to be over 300 speakers, but what we're doing in this next few episodes is just teasing a few of them. So sit back, settle in, and get ready to learn about what's going on. Welcome to Shift. This week, we're talking uh, about one of the panels this year is called Critical Thinking to Mitigate Risk in a Chaotic Information Economy. So today's information economy has highlighted the need for employees with critical thinking skills to quickly spot and respond to emerging strategic opportunities and threats. The panel, featuring Ron Markowski from Nate's School of Business and Christine Malajek from Marsh Canada, will explore how technological advancements have led to an explosion in data that has the potential to create paralysis by analysis. Now, this is one of my favorite uh, expressions, paralysis by analysis. But before we dive into that, Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background uh, with Marsh and, and uh, you know, who you are? Wonderful. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. As you mentioned, my name is Christine Malajek, and I'm the Vice President of Enterprise Risk Services out of the Marsh Edmonton office. My role essentially is to help our clients with their non-insurance business needs. So things like enterprise risk management or other uh, functions that relate to people risk or their finance risk. So a little bit different than some of my broker colleagues, but I've been in the insurance and risk management industry for about 20 years now, and I'm very happy and I love what I do. All right on. A pleasure to meet you. And Ron, tell us a little bit about your role at Nate. Well, prior to coming to Nate, I was actually in the school of hard knocks. So I worked in industry (laughs) for various companies, various types of organizations from startup entrepreneurship right to multinationals. And that led me to the second part of my career to investigate why, in particular, organizations, individuals, teams, etc., were having success when others weren't. So that ultimately led to where I did my research in the field. And I'm happy to say I'm at Nate applying that research in a critical thinking. So I work on critical thinking training and actually course development. Well, fascinating. Well, a pleasure to meet you as well. So with this panel, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about what attendees can expect to take from it and learn? Ron, why don't we start with you? So one of the things that uh, we're hoping to show everyone is that there is a gap between what, say, education knows and what industry is doing. And that gap, particularly in critical thinking, is where organizations are perhaps not achieving the performance they want, customer relationship, return on profits, etc. So what we hope to be able to do is convey that to the audience and give them an inspiration to realize it can really be done simplistically to create a culture of what we'll call innovation, reform, transformation, even revolution that is needed for innovation today. Oh, I love that. Revolution for innovation. Now, uh, Christine, you kind of represent the industry perspective here. Explain a little bit what uh, what attendees from your perspective are going to get from this. 
Well, I think similar to Ron, we're we're in this beautiful renaissance coming out of COVID where there's been a lot of people who have moved out and retired from their uh, wonderful roles in their organizations and new leaders are coming into the organization. But, you know, we've had a, a bit of a stagnation in learning, movement and growth within organizations. So those who were kind of that baby boomer generation kind of held on to their roles for a little bit because, you know, retirements and pension plans weren't doing so well for the past, you know, 15, 20 years or so. But people like myself who are a Generation X have, are now moving into these roles where we're really good at the technical piece of things. And it's easy to make a decision when maybe you have some guidance like policies, procedures, and other frameworks. But now when we're in leadership positions, we're in the C-suite or in board roles, making decisions is really hard because it's typically like very esoteric. There's a great deal of uncertainty. There's not a lot of data. So how do we make really good decisions that anchor our organization into the present while we're charting the path to the future? And so I think it's with this particular conversation, we're helping a new generation think differently to be great leaders. Oh man, I love it. Now you guys have said a couple of words, renaissance and revolution that really, uh, you know, those are loaded words and, and kind of like the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the shout to uh, um, move forward. Um, now, what I, I want to tease a little bit of what uh, beyond what you guys have said, but there's a quadrant sort of. Uh, there's some research. There's uh, like a f- something. I don't want to say too much. I'm going to leave it to you guys, Ron. What What are people gonna? What's this thing that you guys are going to tease right now that people are going to dive more into detail at Adventures? Uh, sure. So again, as I mentioned, that school of hard knocks, I worked in various roles to operations, mid-level to executive suite. And what I found was there was a consistency in organizations, individuals, teams, etc., that they used a particular behavior of critical thinking. And when they did, they had phenomenal results. We're talking industry leadership, Etc. And even organizations that were facing potential challenges, even near bankruptcy, when they've applied this critical thinking framework, they've literally had success. So it really was the culmination of extensive research over the last decade to look at what was the commonality in all of these various organizations from small to large. And what they had in common could be distilled down to a four simple quadrant model that can be easily understood and more easily operationalized. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, I can't wait to uh, sit in on this session and learn about this four-quadrant model. Now, Christine, as you were progressing through your career, um, I'm assuming you have some understanding of what this four-quadrant model is, or perhaps we're teasing it to you as as well. But Mm. how much of it, in your experience... Has uh, have, have you been kind of executing subconsciously, or was this when you know when you first started talking with Ron about it, learning about this process, this this model? Is it totally revolutionary and the Renaissance as you're uh, as as we talked about earlier? Well, I think that there's some elements of Ron's research that really do resonate. And I can kind of remember early on in my career, you know, working in risk management, especially in the space of emergency or disaster management, where, you know, critical thinking, where all you have is the best information that you have available. You know, some people are really good at that, but some others are predictably irrational. And that irrational decision making tends to, uh, you know, bring forth poor decision 
under pressure, or that decision paralysis that we spoke about. But also as we transition, again, like similar to, to Ron's experience, he was really good at some points in his, his operational experience, but I've seen leaders transition into that C-suite role and not necessarily have that understanding of how to embrace uncertainty and risk. And so what tends to happen is they regress back to things that make them comfortable and things that they're um, more aware of. And so you can watch CFOs pick out pen colors out of the Grand and Toy catalog because that's easy for them to do and it makes them feel like they're productive. What we need to do is we need to change that perspective and make people feel uncomfortable with uncertainty that, you know, have confidence in the information, best information that they have available, but also give themselves permission that if new information develops, that they can make a new decision and pivot. That's, you know, that uncomfortable uh, or, you know, discomfort in uncertainty is is a huge uh, comment and something, a thread that I've seen go through a number of interviews with other entrepreneurs. And there's so many things we can mine here. And I really have to bite my tongue to not go, oh, oh, I, I want to learn more about this. But we're going to save that for the for the panel of course but ron a lot of the work to get where you are is couched in academics and research so as you guys are talking i'm thinking about things like group theory um you know how that irrational kind of group hive mind can sometimes behave is the genesis of this work out of that or does it how does it tie into that sort of thing it actually ties in beautifully so as christine indicated what the challenge is today is there's so much information coming at us and it's changing so rapidly. And we're not just getting any typical information. We're getting myths and disinformation, right? We know that there's a huge uh, chat GPT revolution in the works. And now it's even questioning what is real, what isn't. And these are the things that can create that paralysis. So as Christine was indicating, what individuals will then do is they'll actually follow convergence, meaning they'll go to what they know they've used in the past. If we remember from the Titanic scenario, that's what actually sank the Titanic. It was a captain using his historical understanding, having gone through those ice fields in the past, he'd been successful. Let's go again with the same type of thinking. Icebergs don't care what your thinking is. Right. That's physics. It's the same as it is in business. If it's out there, it's a risk. You'll hit it, possibly. If it's an opportunity, you won't even see it. You'll go right by. It could have been the thing that created a huge opportunity and innovation breakthrough for your business. Wow. You know, I'm, I, again, I, I think this is, is going to be a profound experience for attendees to, to wrap their brains around. Um, now, I, again, I, I don't want to dive any deeper <laughs> because yeah, there's a, a real cool opportunity here, but let's, uh, Let's just explore a little more about your coming to adventures and what an event like this uh, could mean for attendees, can mean for attendees, uh, for participants like yourselves coming in from the academic post-secondary institute perspective and, you know, for Christine from the industry perspective. Why don't we start with you, Christine? What is What is this? Represent. I think I'm kind of throwing you guys off a little bit. I didn't say we'd talk about this, but I'm looking for, you know, your opinions on it, what an event like this can mean? Well, first, for some people like myself, this is probably the biggest, largest public gathering I've probably been to since COVID. 
So when you take a look at, you know, what that feels like that, there's a new experience of welcome your, yourself back into a very large group to participate in activity. The networking experience is going to be amazing. I appreciate what we get from the work at home experience and being able to be part of, you know, video conferences and modalities like this podcast, but there really is that richness of meeting people and having uh, conversations. There's a difference between communication and connection. And I really believe that something like investors is where you develop and uh, desire that deeper connection in this particular space. And regardless of your discipline, you're going to learn something from somebody there. You're going to meet somebody who's really cool and doing something awesome. You're going to meet somebody who's got a really good mindset that might maybe help you with a breakthrough that you're working on. And I think without having this organic environment to meet people of different backgrounds and uh, different industries, it you're not going to be able to kind of get those, maybe those aha moments or those little things that you're kind of missing that might maybe help to accelerate either your idea or your practice. Wonderful. Ron, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would like to just build on that and say absolutely. As I mentioned before, when people don't have the collaboration network, if they don't have opportunities to connect with other people, then what you get is that convergence of thinking. Divergent thinking, which is the opposite, means that you really need to talk to other people, find out from them their perspective, visit this panel discussion, and you'll see a lot of new information that could really change perhaps the course of your trajectory from where you might be headed towards that iceberg, you might miss that incredible opportunity to realizing, aha, that's what I wasn't seeing. I was too much in a box. This allows me to divert out of the box, talk to people, and see what I couldn't normally not see. Ron, Christine, this is wonderful. Um, you know, this, you guys, I've already, in, in the 15 minutes we've been chatting, that whole notion of the follow to convergence, or is it fall to convergence? Or follow? Yeah. Well, we tend to go to what, as Christine mentioned, we go to what we're habitually comfortable with. Right. And, and, th and that's that comfort zone. Yep. Innovation, as we know, the word itself means to find a new solution, a new process. That's innovation. That means change. And we all know what we feel when we have change, uncomfortable. And if we don't know where the change is going to lead us, we even get more uncomfortable. We feel like we're stuck in the trunk of a vehicle, perhaps careening off a, a cliff. Right. Wow. So renaissance and revolution really were uh, appropriate uh, words to be using. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to meet you guys in person and to attend the panel. And I hope uh, all of our listeners come to Inventures to check out the panel and others. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for your time this morning. This is wonderful. An absolute pleasure. Our pleasure. Shift can be found online at shift.albertainnovates.ca or you can reach us via email at shift at albertainnovates.ca. We can also be found on your favorite streaming service. So dive in and enjoy. Until next time, I'm John. <laughs>